Well, Merry Christmas. If you're online, Merry Christmas to you. I asked myself this week for the first time, like, why do we say Merry Christmas? I asked myself and I did what every good American would do. I Googled it. And what I found out was historians actually changed the word from happy to merry because there's a difference between the two. Happy is a feeling. I don't know if you guys know that. I'm sure some of you do. It goes pretty quickly. You get on the freeway, you get on the highway, you get some sort of issue and happy goes quick. But Mary is something different. It's actually a behavior. It's a, it's a describer of a behavior. And something like this, free-spirited act of merrymaking. That's the idea of the two. Versus the state of like, I'm happy. There's a big difference between the two. So Mary actually means to, to live actively, ruckusly celebrating Christmas. Maybe a little too much eggnog, whatever it is, it's a merry Christmas because it's supposed to be lively. It's supposed to be active. And I wonder if we still have that today. Today I want to read from Luke chapter 2. Our story begins with Augustus Caesar calling everyone to their ancestral hometown. And for Joseph... We see that his hometown is in Bethlehem, if you know the story. It's the city of David. And the city of David is appropriate because Joseph is from the line of David. And that makes him worthy to be uh, Jesus' earthly father. Now, Joseph takes Mary on this journey. The actual law says that she doesn't have to come because they're engaged. But she joins probably because of the baby bump. And it's a little embarrassing that I have a baby that's not his. So she probably joins him to get away from it all. Now, it's 90 miles, 85 to 90 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem. A couple of us are going to be there soon. And on this journey, it says they did it in four days. Now, do the math. Four days, 2.5 miles an hour for eight hours for four days. When's the last time you walked for an hour? I know some do, but listen, one hour versus eight hours for, you know, the, the, the sandals must have been worn out. It's incredible. We just don't live like that anymore. That's what makes this story incredible to me. Luke chapter 2 verse 6 says this. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. That's important. It means that she had other children. This one was from God. She wrapped him in snuggly strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for him. Will you pray with me? Father, we come before you tonight and we offer this Christmas Eve service. We offer this Christmas day to you. And more importantly, Lord, we offer our lives to you right now. We thank you for all that you've done this year, the good, the bad, the, the ugly, the trials, the tribulations, the celebrations. But Lord, we bring it all to you tonight at the end of the year. And we give you this time. And I ask that the Holy Spirit just speaks to you. If you're wondering, if you're lost, if you don't know why you're here, if you've been bribed to get here, just ask God, speak to me if you're real. And I promise you, if you say those words, God will, will meet you. Not because I'm saying it, but because God is here. So I ask Holy Spirit, you do a work right now. 
Speak to us all and use a guy like me to give this message. In Jesus' name, amen. So the question we're answering tonight as we conclude our Why the Nativity Sermon Series, we've gone through the last few weeks asking this question, why? Why Joseph? Why Mary? Why Jesus became a human? Those are important questions, and if you missed any of them, you can go to our website, you can go to our app, you can go and just hear them. There's been some great conversations that we had, and it was really impactful. But why Jesus as a Savior? Here's the thing. A human can bring peace from war. Man, we see that all the time. Uh, war ends because some human does something, something amazing and all of a sudden World War II ends. Or some human makes a decision to end a war by doing something usually horrific. But a human can actually bring peace from a war, but a human can't bring peace to anxiety, depression, loneliness, addiction, sickness, pain, loneliness, it can go on. Only God can. And that's why we celebrate Merry Christmas because this little Savior, he came to save you from yourself and save you from the darkness of the world to bring light. We don't need a reformer. We don't need an advisor. We don't need another committee. We don't need another election. What we need in society is a savior to transform this world. And the only way that that happens is I've got to receive it and I got to change myself and I watch the world around me change because I make the radical change myself. Verse 8 says this, that night the shepherds were staying in the fields nearby, guarding the flocks of the sheep, and suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. After 400 years of silence, there had been no act of God, no work of God, no prophetic word of God, and all of a sudden the, the silence is broken, and now there's angelic angels in the air worshiping and celebrating something that has happened. And and I don't know about you, Jeremy talked about it last week, our other pastor here, he talked about the Hallmark angels are really cute and kind of naked. But that's probably what really didn't, it probably didn't look like that. It actually said they were terrified. So it probably wasn't the cute one you see on the cards. But here's what it says. They were terrified, but the angel reassures them just as God does 365 times in the Bible, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. He says, the Savior, yes, the Messiah and the Lord, three different names for Jesus is called out there, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped in snuggling strips of cloth, lying in a manger. This is interesting to me, that God's first communication was to shepherds. Now, I don't know how much you know about the shepherds, but if you've ever been to Bethlehem, it's up on a hill. You got to walk up on the hill. And down that hill, there's caves. And beyond that, there's these fields uh, that where the shepherds would actually have the sheep. Now, the shepherds actually 
were in charge of the sheep that were brought to the temple for offering, which was just up the road. So there was a big temple up there, and so they were in charge of the, sa- the, the lambs for sacrifice, and now they're celebrating the purest of sacrifices, Jesus Christ. Now there's something about the shepherds you also need to know. Nobody trusted them. They weren't worthy. It actually says in the, uh, the history books that they couldn't have their words in the court of law because they weren't trustworthy. They were kind of the lowest of low in society. A lot of people still don't recognize shepherds as anything valuable, but here's the beautiful thing, our God does. Yeah. (laughs) The other thing that's interesting is the first one to preach the good news just happened, and it's from an angel. Why? Well, because only heaven knew. So heaven now knows that God has shown up in human form. And because of that, the angel comes down and says, Hey, everybody, good news. I bring you glad tidings. There's a Savior that's been born. And now, 2,000 years later, why is it important? Well, I need to be responsible. I need to have the Merry Christmas in my heart so that I can take that message and magnify it to other people. This place is full, the people online, we need to take this message out and I promise you, one person at a time, we can transform this community, this county, this state, and this country. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others. The armies of heaven praising God, saying these famous words, glory to God in the highest heavens and peace on earth. But have you looked at these last few words? Peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. God, is his job is to get all the glory. And we just sang a great song, gratitude. Man, that's awesome. All I can do is bring a hallelujah. God's job is to get all the glory. But our job is to receive the peace. But I just saw there's a qualifier to whom those as God is pleased. And I asked myself, Jeff, are you pleasing God? If I am, I receive peace. If I'm not, there's some sort of thing that I've got to work on so that I can receive this eternal peace. They, saw, they say it's a transforming peace, a transcending peace that's far beyond human mind. When the angels returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. Verse 17, after seeing him, the shepherd told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them. This is the Mary part. The the shepherds now start telling everybody. When's the last time you've told somebody about Jesus? Good. We are to bring this merry Christmas to life. We are to be merry, active, lively, ruckus for Jesus saying, I am going to share this gospel so that I can help someone else live a different life. Because what I was 20 years ago without the gospel is completely different because some knucklehead like me was presenting the gospel. And in that, God changes and transforms. 
There's this amazing contrast here in this story. First of all, you have angels that come, have come down from heaven, worshiping God, glory to God in the highest, celebrating, singing, praising God. And then the second part is this humble little baby Jesus laying in a food trough. That's the difference of how God works. God wants the glory, but he's not afraid of humility and humbleness. God loves to put his glory in unlikely packages so that his glory can be more clearly seen. God loves to show himself through the most unlikely packages, just like the shepherds, the lowly shepherds. Here's what he said. Here's what Paul writes about it in Corinthians. He says, we know that we have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our power comes from God and not ourselves. It's not what the jar is made of. It's what's in the jar that makes it valuable. And that's why Jesus came to this world so that he can be part of your life and what's in your life is that he is valuable and he shines out through all the cracks and crevices of your life. Verse 18 said this, all who heard the shepherd's stories were astonished. All that looked at these lowly shepherds were astonished like look at who's preaching and look how God has communicated to them first. They were astonished by how this played out. And then it says, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. Can you imagine Mary's journey through this process? Having a baby from God, being obedient, and then watching God grow, raising God, and watching him do what he did on the cross and resurrect. Incredible. Beautiful, powerful. Verse 20, the shepherds went back to the floor, uh, flocks, sorry, not the floor, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen. And it was just as the angel told them. Listen, I, I relate to the shepherd, and I hope you do too. The shepherds had great zeal and passion for this gospel and they were glorifying and worshiping God and we're gonna do that in a second. We're gonna glorify and worship God but they had great passion and zeal and our job is to have that same great passion and zeal. But my question is, because of COVID and because of things and technology and all the stuff that we have, Snapchat and Twitter and all the things that we're struggling with, have we lost the Merry Christmas part of our life? Have we just bought into running to get gift cards? And I'm not saying that's bad. I was just doing it right before I got here. <laughs> so I'm not innocent. Don't act like I'm some holy roller. But have we lost the idea that Merry Christmas is no longer about Christ, it's about gifts? And it's about Christmas parties and bonuses. Or is it really just about Jesus Christ? If the Savior in a manger had this type of impact to the shepherds, I mean, literally, these guys just saw a baby 
And they were told that it, that there was the, it was God, it was the Messiah. And the impact was they went out from this room and told everybody, hey, Merry Christmas, Jesus is alive. I saw him, I met him, I experienced him, and now I'm gonna share it with everyone. If they had that type of impact by meeting the Savior, what kind of impact would they be if they saw him die on the cross and raise again three days later for eternal life? And what kind of impact is that in your life? This is the beginning of the story. There's a glorious end and the end hasn't come to fruition yet, but it's coming. Jesus is coming back and that's another reason to celebrate. Why is Jesus our Savior? Why do we call him Savior? Because he came to save the lost. And you know what? For about 33 years of my life, I didn't know I was lost. And if you're here today and you don't think you're lost, I ask yourself, I'm asking you just to ask a question. Go, God, if I'm lost, help me see. Help the scales fall off my eyes. Open up my heart so that I could experience Because I promise you, I had no clue how lost I was. And God had to remove me and put me on a timeout so that I can experience and understand him. Luke says in 17 chapters up, he says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. I read a blog from this pastor, he's a pretty good writer, and he says there's 31, he counted 31 reasons in the text of why Jesus came and why he is called Savior. 31, you know, you know forgiving sin, uh, bringing light into darkness, bringing us eternity, but you know the one I cling to today is Jesus saves me from myself. I was in Target last week Hell, we call it in my house. <laughs> and I was going to get something there for my daughter's baby shower. And I'm thinking they got everything at Target. They had nothing I needed to get. And, you know, obviously I'm frustrated. I'm running out of time. I'm acting not like a good Christian. And all I could do was say, God, help me. Cleanse me. Help me get out of this situation so I don't make it about me and act like someone I shouldn't, but help me become the person that I'm supposed to be. He saves me from myself. And that's what I wanna share with you. He can save you from yourself too. Jesus comes into this world as a savior to sanctify us. What does that mean? Sanctification, it's this big word. It just means to wash us, to cleanse us, to, to get us right with God so that I can have a proper communication, so I can get away the dirt and the grime of this world so that I can be close to God. Sanctification is the thing that transforms us. It's the thing that makes me desire God and his children and his kingdom more than anything else in this world and here's what God wants he wants to save you from yourself so that you can be sanctified and washed clean so you can start living a different life a life for the kingdom and watch everything around you start to work out for the betterment of God Jesus didn't come to save us from something 
He saved us for something. And you know what that is? It's for a relationship. That's Christianity. All he cares about is me having a relationship with him. All so that my existence, my every breath becomes an offering to the Lord. That's the reason why he came to save, so that I can be a vessel for his kingdom. I can take all the broken things and shine the glory of what God has done in my life. And that's why he saves us, so that we can be kingdom players for the, for the kingdom of God. So as I close, I say this, Merry Christmas, Merry Easter, and marry every day of your life from this day forward. Mary means living a ruckus day of life. A happy, beyond happiness life for the Lord. Living vibrantly for the kingdom of God so that you can share the good news about what Christ has done in your life and what he will do in someone else's life. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And I know that you spoke today. I know there's someone online that feels the power of the gospel. I know there's someone here that just heard a voice from God that they've never heard. But I know that your powerful spirit says that all we have to do is confess that I need help and I'm lost and Jesus will meet you. If you're here today and you don't know Christ, if you've kind of walked away, you're drifted away, or you just kind of know that you're lost, all you have to say is a prayer. It comes from uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. It says this, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart and you shall be saved. If you're here and you, you need that, I'll give that opportunity to you. All you have to say is, Father, forgive me. Come into my heart and soul and be my Lord and Savior. I ask that you... Help me understand the cross and what you did on it for me. I help, I ask that you walk with me through eternity. I give my life to the Holy Spirit and I ask the Holy Spirit work powerfully in my life. My gift to you, Lord, is me this Christmas season. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen.